and a good afternoon. We thank you so much for joining us here on 89.3 FM WMKV. It's 88 degrees at 5 o'clock. I'm George Zahn sitting in for Mike Martini. Stay tuned for Real Life Real Estate Investing coming up next on 89.3 FM. Taking a look at the news, construction is underway at a new location for a popular tri-state specialty grocery store. Jungle Gyms is currently working to open a second location in Union Township. The township purchased the old Biggs Mall property just off Ohio State Route 32 near I-275 last February. They are leasing the space to Jungle Gyms. Since then, most of the work has been demolition and helping current tenants relocate. But now construction is officially underway. Crews are working on the outside facade. Work to install the iconic monorail is expected to begin next month. The store posted some new renderings of their vision on their Facebook page recently. While an opening date is not set, Jungle Gyms hopes to open the store in early 2012. We'll be back in just a moment. Support comes from Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Pain, stiffness, or swelling in a joint, bone, or muscle may be a sign of arthritis, and there are more than 100 types, including osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. Early and correct diagnosis can help treatment. More information about a diagnosis, protecting your joints, and a treatment plan is available at Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine at 513-985-3700. Back to news here on 89.3 FM WMKV. The Boone County Sheriff's Department says an elderly Florence woman reported missing has returned home. 77-year-old Joyce Ann Whitney was reported missing by her daughter. Whitney left her daughter's home on Tuesday, July 5th at around 12 p.m. and failed to return to her own home. Boone County Sheriff's deputies say Whitney returned home this morning. She told officers she spent the night in a hotel because she had fumigated her home. A teenager is accused of vandalizing a pool in northern Kentucky and could face five years in prison if convicted. Boone County deputies believe 19-year-old Matthew Brewer dumped a chemical into the pool at the Hanover Park subdivision in Burlington. That chemical turned the pool black. Crews had to drain the water to get rid of it. Brewer faces a criminal mischief charge. Today, a local man accused of killing his wife nine years ago entered a guilty plea and was sentenced to 18 years to life in prison. Daniel Pater killed his wife Lori in 2002, then dumped her body in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. He was indicted earlier this year on charges, including aggravated murder. After his arrest, prosecutors say Pater claimed he accidentally shot Lori in the back of the head, then strangled her. At his plea hearing this morning, Painter told the judge he wanted to put the incident behind them and give Lori's family some peace. A four-vehicle crash on the Jeremiah Morrow Bridge in Warren County sent three people to the hospital and closed the bridge for several hours Tuesday night. Ohio State Highway Patrol troopers say 52-year-old John Jordan of Knightstown, Indiana, failed to slow his semi-truck when driving through a southbound construction zone on I-71. His truck smashed into a car driven by 41-year-old Stacy McCune of Cincinnati and another car driven by 49-year-old Rebecca Smith of Wilmington around 8 p.m. McCune and Smith were taken to Bethesda North Hospital by ambulance. Jordan's truck was then hit from behind by a car driven by 30-year-old Marissa Valentine of Wilmington. 
She was flown by medical helicopter to Miami Valley Hospital. The driver of the semi-truck was not hurt. There is no update on the conditions of McCune-Smith or Valentine. Taking a look at what's going on in the world of the stock market right now. Carefully, quietly, the stock market moved higher today as transportation, industrial, and consumer staple stocks gained. The market's performance may well be the pattern for the week as the market prepares for Friday's big jobs report. While the market was higher, bank and energy shares are almost moving or are, are mostly moving lower. Crude oil settled modestly lower, but gold and silver settled higher in New York. The Dow Jones Industrials closed up 56 points to 12,626, their first close above 12,600 since May 19th. A Standard & Poor's 500 index was up one point to 1339, and the NASDAQ Composite Index had added five points to 2831. The S&P 500 struggled for gains all day because energy and financials, two of the three biggest sectors by market capitalization, were both lower. Taking a look at traffic for you right now, we have a disabled blocking the left lane that is inbound 6th Street on the viaduct at the exit for southbound 75 and northbound 71 and 2nd Street. We have disabled vehicles, disabled blocking the left lane, northbound 75. That's between 74 and Mitchell Avenue. The driver just returned with a gas can, they're telling us, from Artemis. So hopefully that'll be moving soon. We have a couple of accidents to pass along. A new one, Madison and Wetzel. We also have an accident in the 3810 block or 3810 Boudinot. And Pete Rose Way and Broadway, we have an accident. You can always get more Artemis updates anytime by dialing 511 from most phones. And somewhere here... I grabbed Today in History, and I don't have it here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Vita just said make some stuff up. Um, I swear, I brought it into the room, and it's not here. So, uh, well, we will have Today in History returning tomorrow for you here on WMKV. Let's take a look at traffic as we get ready for real-life real estate investing coming up with Vina Jones-Cox. Tonight, partly cloudy this evening, then clearing. We're looking for low in the upper 60s. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms in the morning. Partly cloudy with a chance of showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon and a high in the upper 80s. Our chance of rain is 30%. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy. A chance of showers and thunderstorms. Once again, only about a 30% chance with a low in the upper 60s. And looking forward to Friday, partly cloudy. A 50-50 shot of thunderstorms with a high of 85. It's currently 88 degrees and a reminder that a smog alert has been issued for today and tomorrow for Boone, Butler, Campbell, Claremont, Hamilton, Kenton, and Warren counties, basically the greater Cincinnati area. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859 292 7342. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. 
Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where today in history, George Zahn <laughs> forgot his day in history. And There it is. Oh, did I steal it? <laughs> did I take it? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> But we found it. Don't worry about it. Oh, Nothing major happened. You can, you can you can take two minutes out of the show. <laughs> no, no. And do you have much more important information to impart? <laughs> oh here. my goodness. <sighs> oh my goodness. Welcome to live radio. Yes, yes, and 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 as as my as my brother was quick to point out, who I guess is listening to the show, today in history, two days from now, in 1972, my brother was born. So. There. Wow! There now they've gotten their history lesson. Now is he an older brother or younger brother? He is now young. He was now older. He used to be younger, but then I stayed twenty nine and he kept okay. aging. <laughs> so welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host Vina Jones Cox, and uh, we got a great topic for everybody who's listening today because it affects each and every American in ways that most of us don't even understand. We are talking today about credit, how to understand it for yourself and for your tenants and your buyers. And my guest today is Lucy Brenton, also known as the original credit coach. Lucy has a lengthy background both in real estate investing and in mortgage brokering, so uh, has, has run across this credit thing many times in her uh, various careers and uh, is here today to help us untangle the whole credit thing and how it works. Joining us from her home in Indianapolis is Lucy Brenton. Lucy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you, Vina. It's always a pleasure, and I'll let you know that my math skills are exactly equal to yours. I <laughs> indeed am still twenty-nine. Excellent, excellent. Don't don't and don't you have like six kids though? I mean, oh, or, nine, no, I'm nine, nine, have, right? Yeah, I, yeah, but I had them all at once. It was a single pregnancy, just you know, a couple of years ago. So yeah, the math still works. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. We 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 can we can work out the math if we really push it. But uh, exactly. I wouldn't have any more if you were planning on still claiming that whole twenty nine thing. Uh, I want to give callers a chance to uh, ask us questions here on the show today because um, the reason that I invited you, Lucy, to join us today is that I get so many questions around the idea of. My credit score is 627, and Fannie Mae wants it to be 680, and what do I do about that? And uh, my tenant has this credit score of 475. Does that mean I shouldn't <laughs> rent to him? And it's just all, it's, 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 it's a very confusing topic, and you believe intentionally so. Yes, absolutely I do. I believe the whole system was created to confound even the conscientious consumer, I'll try and put even more alliterations in there. Um, but really, it, it is intended to confound the consumer. And if people knew all the ways that the credit bureaus profit from even a single credit pool when they apply for a mortgage, there would be mutiny in the streets. People just don't know how bad it is. And that is that is actually a, a, a good topic to open up with because 
we all think that the credit reports are making their mo- the credit companies are making their money by charging us thirty six bucks to pull our own credit. But that is, in fact, the tip of the iceberg. That is the lowest, <laughs> probably, uh, net profit that they receive. Because most people don't bother to do that. Uh, outline some of the things that the credit companies are doing with your information. Oh, my goodness. Where do you begin? Um, the violation of privacy is immense. And because these are each private corporations, they're not going to be held to the same standards that a governmental organization would in collecting your data. In addition, because they're private, they have all kinds of various ways to sell your information. And I doubt any of our listeners have ever gone to Equifax.com or or TransUnion or Experian and read any of the privacy policies to see what they're doing with your credit report. But just to give you a a quick couple examples, um, in the mortgage industry, I used to be able to buy trigger leads, which means that I would pull somebody's mortgage application or somebody else would, so the credit is pulled, the credit company, Equifax, for example, will recognize that I'm a mortgage company. So all kinds of flags go up about Equifax and say, hey, this person is looking for a mortgage. So then Equifax and Experian and TransUnion, they all did this. They all put together packages where I, as a mortgage broker, can buy the names and phone numbers of people who applied for credit to other mortgage brokers. So the trigger or the triggering event was the pulling of credit for mortgage application, and they then would sell their name. So a lot of my mortgage clients would come to me and say, Lucy, did you sell my name to people? Because after I applied for a mortgage with you, the very next week I had a half a dozen calls from mortgage people all around the country. And no, it's really just lazy marketing on the part of other mortgage brokers. The average cost for a trigger lead, if it was exclusive for 24 hours, was about $40. And then as they became aged and therefore less valuable, you might pay 10 or 15 bucks. So if you pulled your credit from Equifax in connection with a mortgage application, Equifax makes, you know, six bucks. But then they sell your name six times to six different people for an average $30 a piece. So really, you became almost a $200 bill times three credit bureaus. The, the lucrativeness of this industry is just amazing. And then secondarily, the next biggest profit center for them is the fact that collection agencies subscribe to a service so that when you apply for a mortgage, for example, or credit somewhere, it alerts everybody that signed up for the service, the collectors, that you're looking for new credit. And so if you have updated your, your address information, your telephone information, they can then garner all that information. So somebody that's gone along for two or three years, hasn't applied for anything, has a bunch of collections, they've moved, their phone number has changed, all of a sudden they apply for, I don't know, an auto loan. And then the very next week, the phone calls start from the old collectors again. Mm-hmm. It's just really ridiculous. And of course, that's a very big income stream for the credit bureaus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can buy mailing lists from the credit bureaus yeah. of everything from uh, people who have uh, people who buy dog food to people yeah. <laughs> people who have a second home to people who own a certificate of deposit. And yeah. y- you wonder how all of this stuff accrues to them. You know, how how do they know? I have a second home. Well, let's see. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have yeah, two, I have two mortgages. mortgages. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, big, big, very profitable industry. And and again, you know, we think of them as sort of su- serving the creditor, right? Because mm-hmm. it, as you pointed out in a very nice article you created for our Real oh, Deal e-letter today, uh, there does need to be a way that Lucy Brenton can find out if someone who's applying to rent a house from her has paid his bills. True. Yes, I want to know that. And and yet that is uh, they the 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 agencies 
really do not make it clear to their consumers, in other words, those of us with credit, uh, how that system works and what we can do to uh, improve our own credit. So when we come back from the break, we are going to talk about those things at here on Real Life Real Estate, and you can give us a call if you have a question. If you're in the greater Cincinnati area, call 772-9658 or 877-772-9658, or send us an email by going to askvina.com. Support comes from the Jardine Company, a residential property appraisal firm serving Ohio and Kentucky residents since 2005. John Jardine is a certified residential appraiser and FHA certified and can help appraise your property's value if you are contesting the county's recent value assessment of your home. He also assists in estate planning to help determine what your home is worth if you're considering moving, downsizing, or settling an estate. John Jardine, certified appraiser, can be reached at 513-646-9822. Let's take a check of today in traffic here on WMKV. We have a disabled truck northbound Reed Hartman. Uh, That's on Reed Hartman Highway northbound just before 275. The left lane is blocked there. They have finally cleared that disabled vehicle blocking the left lane on northbound 75 between 74 and Mitchell. But we do have a few new accidents to pass along for you at this hour. On the entrance from Hopple to northbound 75, we have an accident. One at Victory Parkway and William Howard Taft. An accident at Madison and Wetzel, an accident at 3810 Boudinot, and one that's been there for quite some time, should be in the cleanup stages now, Pete Roseway and Broadway. You can get more Artemis updates anytime by dialing 511 from most phones. You're listening to 89.3 FM WMKV. And it's 88 degrees. We do have a smog alert that's been issued for today and tomorrow for Boone, Butler, Campbell, Claremont, Hamilton, Kenton, and Warren counties. More of Real Life Real Estate Investing coming up now. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. And on this day in history, Vina thought it was a piece of scrap paper. Because it was all marked up. We're having fun and with that. We'll get more mileage over. out of that. Well, you see, you can just rerun this next year on this date in history. <clears throat> she flipped it over and wrote Lucy's phone number on the back of it. And then watched as George went, where's my, where's my piece of paper? That's funny. For um, okay, uh, yeah, quick, quick, quick announcement about the Cincinnati RIA meeting tomorrow evening. Uh, you may have received a newsletter that said that tomorrow evening our guests were going to be Missy McCall Hammonds on uh, emithing your business and Amy Higgins on how to evict your tenants. But uh, there's been a switch in the meetings. Tomorrow night's meeting is actually going to be the annual RIA picnic. It will be at the usual location of the Community Action Agency, which is, by the way, open. If you've seen stuff on the news that said that it wasn't, it is. So show up, network, ask the expert, do all the things, fun things that you do at a picnic. It is at the usual location, the Community Action Agency. And you can get more information at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiRIA.com or at 859-292-7342. The meeting is, as always, open to the public. Uh, so, Lucy, um, the... Uh, the world is kind of driven by credit scores. <laughs> I wish it weren't so, but it really is. Well, and, and, and seriously, like, you know, everyone knows that you have to have a certain credit score to get a mortgage or a credit card or uh, good car financing. Fewer people realize that it also affects things like what your insurance rates are yeah. on your homeowner's yeah. insurance because a low credit score... Uh, I guess would tend to indicate to insurance agents that you potentially could be uh, in the market to commit some insurance fraud. 
and uh, it even affects today getting a job. Yes, it does. And, you know, the, the most ironic thing about that in what I call the new economy, which is really the sucky economy that we're all living in, is that you have a lot of good people who had good jobs, and then those jobs were eliminated. They disappeared. And at that point, people who had perfect credit, who performed very well in their jobs and lost their jobs, you know, for no reason due to their own job performance, are now stuck having used up their savings, they're behind on their mortgages, their credit cards, their cars, they're facing maybe foreclosures and repossessions, and they apply for a job. And then literally, before they can ever get to the point where they would be contacted back from applying online, the potential company has run their credit report, and it's come back with a numeric score, which, of course, is going to tell them that this person is irresponsible and not a good credit risk. And, you know, maybe even the fact that because their credit score is low, they may be having financial difficulties, which, of course, they are because they don't have a job, and therefore might be um, prone to, you know, caving into some blackmail. A few years ago, when the United States government decided that they were going to run credit checks on all of their employees and that your security clearance, of course, would be based on your credit score, I got a huge influx of business from the local Department of Finance Accounting Center, which is just a few miles from me in Indianapolis. So a lot of my credit repair side of the business comes from people who have to keep up good credit and a good credit score in order for their job. And it's just ridiculous that that's the case, but it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, let's, let's talk about that credit score, because the assumption in the public is that your credit score is based on whether or not you pay your bills. Right. And it kind of is, but there's a lot <laughs> of other things that people are largely unaware of that also affect your credit score. So give us some examples of some things like that. Right. It's very simplistic for the talking heads on TV to get out there and say, if you pay your bills on time, you will have a good credit score. Well, in a perfect world, if the information that was submitted to the credit bureaus was correct, which in most cases, by the way, it's not, and if they could make sure that with a last name, for example, like Jones, um, you know, you're going to get your credit file mixed up with somebody else's. And so if they could even ensure that all the technical information was correct, it would still be ineffective on my side as a consumer. What most people don't realize is it goes so far beyond just pay your bills and get a good credit score. I'm going to give you a good example. Most people are completely unaware that the credit bureaus have mathematical algorithms. They're called risk models. And just like the formula for Coca-Cola, they are proprietary and they are secret. So if they have um, a group of people that they're going to compare to each other, because really the credit score is how you compare to your peers. It's almost like being back in college again and, and being on a learning curve. And we're going to group all the people together who've had a bankruptcy and all the people together who haven't had a bankruptcy. So somebody who's had a bankruptcy and they're in the same pool with other like borrowers, and then they manage to get their credit up, and then they manage to establish credit after the bankruptcy, and they have recovered, are going to compare even more favorably to each other. So somebody that's been through a bad situation and then they've started to recover are going to compare favorably to their peers. Conversely, somebody that's never had a bankruptcy and they're in this pool of being compared to other people who've never had a bankruptcy and all have perfect credit, is the reason why you can have somebody with an 840 credit score today, they miss one mortgage payment, and then they're down to a 680. And then you have somebody who has a dozen collections on their credit report, and they miss a mortgage payment, and they go from 620 to 590. So you can see a huge amount in the jump and decline of credit scores based on what risk pool you're placed in. And most people are completely ignorant of the fact 
but that's even one part of the scoring model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there are some there are some slightly better known uh, things that can c- contribute or detract from your credit <laughs> score, uh, such sure. as just just the amount of credit that you have. That's a great segue into me pointing out a couple of things that people can do to make sure their credit score in the situation they're in right now is as good as possible. The first thing, obviously, is make sure that those accounts that are reporting to the credit bureau are reporting correctly and that you're paying those bills on time. The second thing is look at your credit cards. Those are revolving debt. The credit score is largely based on two things, how long you've been paying your bills, so if you've got three or five years' worth of history versus three months of history, you're going to have more gold stars for on-time payments. Secondarily, the credit bureau is also looking for your utilization percentage. In other words, if you have a $10,000 credit card available to you and you use $9,000 of that limit, then you're using 90% of your available credit and you're seen as a desperate, irresponsible consumer. Even worse is if you start applying for more credit with 90% utilization. Conversely, somebody that has a $10,000 line of credit, they're using $1,000 of it, that's a 10% utilization, you're going to have a much higher credit score because they are going to reward you for your financial responsibility. So the first thing that I recommend that people do is, especially if you're going to be going for a mortgage in the next 30 to 45 days and your credit scores are low and your utilization on your credit uh, on your revolving credit is high, try and get a loan that's not going to appear on your credit. So ask your mom and dad for $5,000, pay off your credit cards, or almost pay them off, and and make it an even percentage over the different credit cards that you have. Let that report to all the credit bureaus 30 days later. When you pull your credit report, you're likely to have 50 to 75 points higher just going from a 30 to 40% utilization from a 90% utilization. Huge way to improve your credit score quickly. Excellent piece of advice right there. And again, I want to invite uh, listeners to call in or email with any questions they have about credit and credit scores at 772-9658. Or if you're outside the greater Cincinnati area, you can call us toll free at 877-772-9658. Or send us an email by going to askvina.com. While you are there, if you click on the button that says try our e-letter, then uh, we will send you weekly an announcement about the program along with articles by and about our guests and their topics. And if you ask nicely and you sign up, I might even send you the one Lucy sent out today because it was good stuff, very informational, as are all of our weekly e-letters. So that's askvina.com, either to ask a question or to sign up for our weekly e-letter. So you just mentioned that there are some some quick and easy things, well, hopefully easy, (laughs) things that that one can do to make a big difference in one's credit score. Uh, You also mentioned that this could happen as quickly as 30 days. And I think a lot of people sort of put off doing anything about their credit score, even if they know there's a problem, because they figure it's going to take six months or a year to make any difference. Oh, my goodness. That's true. And and if you are building credit from no credit, then it really does take six months of on-time payments to affect it. But I'm going to give you some shortcuts to the system. And these are the same techniques that I use with my clients and with my tenants because I am a lease option landlord. I love to sell and lease option. And of course, um, I'm sure a lot of the listeners do as well. So when I get somebody new, they are in their highest motivational level as far as compliance with what I'm about to tell them. 
they're excited, they've got a new house, they're going to do what I say. That's not always so true later. So we try and get them at the very beginning to do three things with me. We want them to get some negative items removed from their credit report, and if they get the e-letter, the article that I wrote has some very good, quick, down and dirty, how to write your challenge letters to the credit bureaus, so you can get that from Vina. So we'll get negative items deleted. Then the biggest second problem that most people have is when they have bad credit, they get accustomed to operating with cash. And it's counterintuitive, but unfortunately, the credit bureaus punish people who operate with cash. So having no open reporting good credit will harm your score. So we counsel people to go ahead and add good items onto the credit report. good way to do that is with a secured CD loan, take $1,500 into the bank, open up a CD, get a very paltry 0.44% interest rate for that 36 months, but then ask your banker to give you a $1,500 loan using that CD as collateral. Most banks in my area are only going for 90% of your deposited amount, but that's fine. Set it up on a 36-month payment, make that payment on time, and then every month you get a gold star. The reason it's important to do it with a secured CD is because that operates as an installment loan on your credit report. There are three major types of credit on your credit report. There are mortgages, which are the most highly rated and therefore affect your score the most, installment loans, and then revolving credit. So if you can get an installment loan on there, if you can get a couple of secured loans, uh, secured credit cards, you'll get at least three things on your credit report. Six months later, it'll really affect your credit score. And then we tell people to protect yourself, protect your identity, even simple things like buying a shredder so that people can't go through your trash and steal your identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Um, we have a caller on the line, uh, Eileen, who's calling from Cincinnati. Eileen, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. Huh. Um, this is great. I usually hear you when you're not live. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> live programs a lot of times. My question about credit is kind of interesting you're talking about it this time because I just got my car insurance and it went up. And I thought, oh, boy, why did it go up? You know, da, da, da. Then a few days ago, I got a letter saying uh, that it went uh, up because of my credit. And so I'm wondering, and I'm, I wrote it, or I called in to get my credit report from the particular credit company they use, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the three major ones. But somebody was saying maybe it was because about eh, two years ago, I think it was, uh, it might even have been a year ago, I forget, I went on. I went out uh, on a plane, and they were giving away stuff and said, "Sign up for a credit card." I think it was American Express or something. And I forgot to ask all the points in its questions of like, "Are there any fees? Annual fees?" So when I got the credit card and read all the information, there was a $95 fee every year after the first year. Oh, I right. and I said, "Wait, man, hold it! I, <laughs> I don't want that credit card." And I had never used it. And they said, well, I said, you know, I've heard that you can, if you cancel it, that can hurt your credit. But, of course, I couldn't not cancel it. I can't, you know, for $95 every year. Right. And so could that have hurt my credit? That's a really good question. And thank you, Eileen, for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, quick probing question for you. Have, have you gotten a copy of your credit report back yet? Uh, no, just a few days ago and with the holiday and everything. I'm supposed to get it soon. The other thing, I, I'm getting into that age where you're starting to forget things, you know, and I did forget to pay my gas and electric. I could have sworn I paid it, um, you know, and so I'm wondering if that might be it, or maybe they have me down as not working, because for a while I was part-time, now I'm perm, and 
you know, making pretty good um, money. So I don't know, you know, exactly. Those are, all, mm-hmm. Those are all excellent questions. So I'm going to address them specifically to you since, you know, you were willing to call into the radio and expose yourself to the world. And then also to speak in general. Um, what you're looking at is a couple of different things. First of all, depending upon which state you live in, it may be legal or illegal for the insurance companies to use your credit score in order to determine your rates. And the thinking behind the insurance industry, at least this is what they're telling us publicly, is that someone who has bad credit may be on the financial edge, and they are therefore less profitable to customer. In other words, you're more of a risk because you're more likely to turn in small claims. So if you have you know, a $500 deductible and you've got a $1,000 claim, and you have a low credit score and you're financially on the brink, you may go ahead and turn in a $1,000 claim and get $500 back. Whereas somebody who enjoys a high credit score and low premiums may say, you know what, I'm, I'm not even going to bother with turning this into the insurance company. There, is some, there are some statistics that I've seen that support this argument. On the whole, what I've observed in my own area and in my own life is that the people who drive Hummers who probably have excellent credit scores drive like crap, and the people who you know, are just in regular cars, seem to drive much better. So I see an inverse relationship between the quality of the driving and and probably the credit score. Secondarily, in your particular case, what I want you to look for when you get that credit report back, um, it's a very big scam, in my opinion, for them to send out these sorts of pre-approved credit card offers because it's really unclear. They don't disclose clearly the terms that you're going to have a $95 a year membership fee, they're going to bill you immediately $150, but they're only going to give you a $300 credit limit. And then when you discover this, it's too late because they've already issued the card. So a lot of people will, yeah, and this is, I'm sure, exactly what's happened to you. So a lot of people will go ahead and cancel the cards, and they'll be shocked to find three months later that they're in a collection agency for $150. So the first thing I want you to determine is looking at your credit report, if that particular company may have you as a charge-off on your credit score. So in other words, it'll say, you know, first USA credit card, $95, R9. By the way, if you look at your credit report, you'll see ratings from 1 to 9, and 1 is the best, 9 is the worst. That means they've given up on trying to collect with you, and they've charged it off. And when you see those numbers there, you'll know kind of what status you were in. So if you closed it out on good terms, you would have an R1. If it was bad terms, it would be an R9. And if that is on there, what I would recommend doing is a couple of different things. If you have... Uh, you know, someone on your team who's an attorney, I would go ahead and let them write a letter and explain the circumstances. The reason is if you write it on your letterhead, it's going to go to customer service. They may or may not be able to do anything for you. If you have your attorney write it, it might cost you 100 bucks to have the letter written, but it's going to bypass customer service, and it's going to go to the legal department where it's going to get more attention. And what you want, obviously, is to owe them nothing and to have it removed from your credit report. Otherwise, the next thing that you do is just make sure that everything on your credit report is correct Make sure that you get the article that I wrote from Vina. Um, there is contact information for me in that email. And, you know, let's see if we can get something done for you. Okay. Hey, I'm, not, I'm not a realtor. That's <laughs> I just happen to be somebody who loves this station. And, and, you know, I do have a brother that's a realtor. But, um, you know, I'm just your basic uh, Eileen. In fact, uh-huh. I know George real well there. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I'm... You know, maybe I need to email you and see about getting that article just as a general person in the, you know, because I've always had excellent credit. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it actually it was when my husband was alive. He passed away six years ago. Uh-huh. And I've never defaulted on anything. Um, 
you know, I, again, got into the case of forgetting, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> right. uh, well, I'm near 60, and I think that's what the problem is. <laughs> Eileen, we thank you very much for your call and for your support of the station. Don't forget that during Fun Drive. Thanks. And uh, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we will answer your call at 772 or via email by going to askvina.com. Support comes from Hyde Park Rare Coin. Whether you're a lifetime collector just beginning or interested in selling, with master coin graders and numismatic specialists on site and ready to answer your questions, committed to honesty and integrity in buying, selling, and appraisal of coins, information available online at MainStreetCoin.com. Time to take a quick check of traffic for you right now. From Artemis, we have an accident westbound 275 west of Mosteller. That one's been pulled over to the right shoulder. We also have accidents at Victory Parkway and William Howard Taft Road and also one at Madison and Wetzel. You can get Artemis updates anytime by dialing 511 from most phones. It's 88 degrees at 536 and tonight partly cloudy skies. Then clearing later on with a low in the upper 60s. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. We have about a 20, uh, 30% excuse me, chance of a shower or thunderstorm in the morning. Then partly cloudy with a chance of showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon as well with a high in the upper 80s. It's 88 degrees. We have a smog alert for Boone, Butler, Campbell, Claremont, Hamilton, Kenton, and Warren counties for both today and tomorrow. Support comes from UC Health Audiology and Hearing Aids. Are you or a loved one struggling to understand conversation in noisy places or frequently asking others to repeat themselves? These are signs of hearing loss, a condition that can easily be treated. The physicians and audiologists of UC Health can give you an accurate hearing evaluation and diagnosis. More information available at 475-8453 today to schedule a hearing evaluation or at ucphysicians.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking today to Lucy Brenton, a.k.a. the original credit coach, about credit and understanding your credit and, oh my goodness, all the complications that come with things like applying for a credit card and then canceling it. Uh, 772-9658 here in the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658 if you're listening to us on the web or you can go to askvina.com and send us a uh, an email by clicking the Ask Vina a Question button. Uh, other, other questions that we're getting here, Lucy, via email. Yes. Do and this is from JC in Las Vegas. Do you do authorized users being uh, added as still have any value? If so, what's the best way to utilize these? And I guess you better explain what an authorized user is. Oh, that's a great question. One of the shortcuts that I intended to mention. So thank you, JC. I appreciate that. Um, it's, it's a really good question. An authorized user is simply when you add someone to the credit card who is not an account holder responsible for paying off the balance. However, that person does have the right to charge things on the credit card. So the greatest example of that is, you know, mom puts their daughter on the credit card so that the the daughter has access to the card. Now, the really great thing about that is that when you add somebody on as an authorized user, most companies, and I mean like 99% of the companies that I've seen, when they send that information to the credit bureau, they're sending the entire history, you know, five years, six years, ten years. So when you add somebody on as an authorized user, 
it literally can populate their credit score with six or ten years of information. So you can imagine how greatly that impacts their credit score for the positive if the information is good. So I've had people that, uh, you know, we add three authorized users, and what ends up happening is they had no score, and now they have a very high score. The highest that I've seen so far that I've you know, literally been able to do with my clients is 801 middle score after we added three credit cards, and it took all of them about four months to report by the time everything was said and done. Now, the nice thing is, is if you have somebody that loves you, friend, relative, they add you to that authorized user, they can do that for you for free. Big scandal a few years ago is that they were selling these on the Internet. They still do that. Um, and I don't see any problem with it. There's a big whole moral issue of, you know, should somebody be able to borrow somebody else's credit? Well, the way I look at it, the whole credit bureau thing is so stacked against us that anything that we have as a consumer we should be able to do. Um, obviously, if it's not doing with, done with the intent to defraud anybody. So secondarily, the question was, does it still affect credit score? Yes, it does. And I'm going to give you an example of how it can affect your credit score but not affect your ability to get credit. If somebody is going, for example, for an FHA loan and they have a couple of accounts on their credit report, one of them is an authorized user. Their credit score may be 692, plenty high enough to get an FHA loan. But within those guidelines, FHA may say, hey, we want to have at least one revolving account that's been open for at least 24 months and has no lates. But, of course, FHA wants that revolving account to be something that the borrower is responsible for. So if the only revolving account that you have on there is that authorized user account, then what's going to happen is the authorized user account has affected your credit score in a positive way, but does not allow the underwriter to check off that box that says, do they have a minimum credit profile? So that's a good example of, yes, it will affect your credit score, but it may not necessarily help you qualify for the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, that's the best answer I can give. Yes, it will affect the credit score, and it still does. They tried to, they tried to take that away, and they couldn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. If you have questions for Lucy, as did Eileen and JC, you can also send us an email by going to askvina.com. Uh, got a question here from Lisa in Cincinnati, Lucy, and this is a mm-hmm. this is a fairly specific one. She says, okay. about a year ago, I sold a property on land contract to a first-time home buyer. I then sent the first-time home buyer to an FHA mortgage broker who recommended to my surprise that they not pay off a few judgments on their credit report. I've been curious ever since as to why they have the money to do so. Why would they not do so? Okay, that's a great question. So let's talk about judgments for just a couple of minutes because this is very specific information that especially real estate investors and borrowers are going to need. Judgments live at the county recorder's office in the county where those judgments have been decided. So if you're in Hamilton County, Ohio, and you're sued in Hamilton County, Ohio, and you're trying to buy a house in Hamilton County, Ohio, but you have a judgment in Hamilton County, Ohio, then what ends up happening is all of that information being in the same county when the title company pulls a title report and they, they're going to go to the public records, they're going to look at the borrower and the seller and they're going to see if there are any judgments person. That's part of the job of the title company. So those things will show up. And especially if she sold on land contract and put that person in the chain of title if that's recorded, that may or may not go ahead and have their judgments attach to that property. So you've got to be really careful when you sell on land contract and put somebody in chain of title 
because if those judgments in the same county, they may now affect Lisa's property that she sold them. Now, they, there are a couple of different reasons why a mortgage broker may not recommend paying the judgments. The first thing is, is how old are they? If the judgments are old enough, then you may be able to go back and challenge them at the credit bureau level and get them off of the credit report. That makes your credit report look a lot better. And if that judgment, for example, was in Marion County, Indiana, where Indianapolis is, and you're buying a house in Hamilton County, Ohio, then that judgment's off your credit report. It doesn't affect the property in Hamilton County. And so, really, no one's going to be the wiser. And I don't recommend that as any sort of, you know, fraud or anything. This is, I want to make it real clear, you don't want to use this as a way to commit fraud. But if you can get something off of your credit report because it is not accurate, then it is your responsibility to do so to make sure that your credit report is completely accurate. Now, the other reason they may not say to go ahead and pay off the judgment is because if the judgment is less than a year, and maybe that was a default judgment, then you can go back to the court and you can ask the court to vacate that judgment. There are various reasons that you can vacate the judgment and reset the plaintiff who sued you back to square one where they've got to resue you. So the judgment goes away. Some of those could be mistake. It could be some sort of fraud on the plaintiff's part. One really big thing with collection agencies, for example, is they will serve you at an address where you no longer live, and they know that you no longer live there. And then they'll go to the court and say, hey, we served them. In some states, such as New York, it's a nail and mail state. So they can literally nail the summons to the door, even if you don't live there anymore. They can send mail there, even though you don't live there anymore, and the court will say that you've been properly served. So if you can prove that, then, you're, then you can actually get that judgment vacated. It's very suspicious that a lot of plaintiffs get a judgment, especially collection agencies. They can't find you. They've served you at the wrong place. But then as soon as they get the judgment, they come after your current job and your current house to try and collect. So if it's less than a year, a mortgage broker may just be very savvy and recommending that they vacate those judgments if possible, or it may be another strategy. I hope that helps. Okay, very good. We need to take a quick break. We're down to about the last 10 minutes of the show, so if you have a question, you better give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658, or you can send us an email by going to askvina.com. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859 292 7342. And you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing here on 89.3 FM WMKV. It's 88 degrees at 546. Checking traffic for you right now. Two accidents on the board. One at Coleraine and Kipling. The other one is hopefully in the cleanup stages by now. That's westbound 275 west of Mosteller. The right side blocked there. Slow traffic in many of the regular locations where you would expect it on an afternoon at 546. You're listening to 89.3 FM WMKV. You can get more traffic updates anytime by dialing 511 from most phones. It's 88 degrees. We're expecting a partly cloudy evening, then clearing later on with a low in the upper 60s. Tomorrow, we have about a 30% chance of rain throughout the crux of the day. Partly cloudy, a chance of showers and thunderstorms, especially in the afternoon. Again, a high in the upper 80s. On Friday, partly cloudy with a chance of showers and thunderstorms with a high of 85. Our chance of rain on Friday Friday is 50-50. Currently, it's 88 degrees at WMKV. More of real-life real estate investing coming up now. 
Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Mina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Lucy Brinton, the original credit coach, lives out in Indianapolis, invests in real estate, does education, does credit counseling, does just, I'm sorry, credit repair. I shouldn't have said it that way. And uh, just uh, got a lot, lot, a lot of stuff going on with Lucy. We're talking today about your credit and your credit score. So if you have any questions about this very important thing, it's kind of, I, I, find, I find people's thinking about credit scores is like they're thinking about wills, you know? They don't really <laughs> want to do anything about it until it's too late. So give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. I uh, got an email here from Marco in Tampa, Florida. Uh, he says, after listening to your podcast on iTunes, that's your podcast, uh, Lucy, from, from the show you did a few years ago, I oh. did check my credit report. Everything seemed copacetic. <laughs> I don't see that in emails very often, except <laughs> that it reported that I had worked for 18 months at a place I never heard of. Is this important? Should I get it removed? That is a great question because people often ask me if the personal identifying information on the credit report is incorrect, will that affect their credit score? And the answer is both yes and no. A single 18-month aberration on a job will probably not affect you that much as long as all the other information is correct, but I would challenge it anyway because most credit reports, unfortunately, have errors. This is no exception. Here's a good example. Um, if somebody is a financially stable, responsible individual, you would expect for them to go to work at a place and to stay there for a number of years. So the kind of profile that you're going to be placed in if you have stable jobs, stable work history, is a different risk bucket than if you have you know, six months of a job here, 12 months there, 18 months there. So if your credit report shows a lot of job hopping, yes, it can affect your score. There are a lot of people that will deny that, but the fact of the matter is if you're completing a complete financial profile on a person, you're looking for someone as a lender that has a stable job history. The other thing that it could affect you, Marco, is where if you have a, an aberration like that and then you go to apply for a mortgage loan, mortgage loans are very detailed. They want everything. And so if that underwriter is looking critically at your credit report and they see an 18-month job in there that you've not disclosed, you don't want them asking questions or needing a letter of explanation. So the simplest thing to do is to go ahead and attack it now when you don't have any credit needs and then that will help you later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my concern would be, again, if you have a common name, and it got reported. Well, yeah. It got reported because the other John Jones worked at wherever, yeah. worked at WMKV, and uh, <laughs> and and they and they in some way continue to mix up the John Joneses. That, that I don't know. Perhaps could could cause future yes. problems. Yes. Oh my goodness! They're one of the biggest um, payouts in history, as far as the credit credit industry is concerned. Was a lady in Chicago who had cleaned up her credit three separate times because TransUnion had continued to merge her credit report with other people. And finally, after the third time, I mean, this is, this is going on over nine years where she would get her credit cleaned up, they would merge it again. Um, you know, there was clear evidence that this woman had notified TransUnion on a number of occasions that they were messing up, and they continued to do so with somebody, actually with multiple somebodies with similar names in the same geographical area. So it ended up in a multi-million dollar judgment in her favor against the credit bureau because they had messed up so enormously. Hmm. 
Sweet. <laughs> you're listening to Real Life Real Estate. We got just a couple more minutes to take calls or emails from folks, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Question from Tom in Cincinnati. Gosh, we've been getting more calls and emails from Cincinnati today than I think we ever have had on a single <laughs> show in the past. Um, Tom says, I subscribe to a rental company that allows me to pull credit reports on my tenants. It does not give me credit scores, which I don't mind, but can you give me any insight on how to read these things? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that is, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to give up on that question. Here's why. Every time you buy a credit report from someone, they want to make it proprietary and easy for the consumer to read. And as a result, there is very little standardization between what one credit report looks like and another. And even though I've been dealing with this since 1996 when I got my start in subprime mortgages, what I discovered over the years is that anything that's aimed at the consumer is very difficult to read. And again, I believe it's on purpose. You go to myfico.com, you sign up for their, I call it blackmail. You know, they want you to give them $15.95 a month to monitor the information that they're putting on your credit report. And then when it's wrong, they make it a hassle to take it off. But when you get their report, it's insanely difficult to read, and they really treat us almost like children. So you look at it, and they're giving you little green okay circles <laughs> if you've got an on-time payment. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, do we need little green circles? I mean, we're adults here. <laughs> so anyway, it really annoys me. But having been in the mortgage industry, most of the mortgage credit reports that I get are extremely well organized, especially if they're from one of the big credit wholesalers like Kroll Factual Data so, or Credit One. So if you have a friend who's a mortgage broker and you're doing a lease option sale like I am, you might require, as a condition of the lease option sale, that they go ahead and apply for a mortgage and then get your credit report from the mortgage broker. You'll probably need to reimburse them for that so it doesn't get too expensive. But you'd be surprised, about one out of 20 times, somebody that I have a mortgage report done on can actually qualify for the house now. Hmm. They think their credit is worse than it is. But I'll tell you what, Tom, as soon as you look at what I get as a mortgage professional versus what you're getting through one of the tenant um, screening places, it's it's night and day at how easy it is to read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, uh, the ones that, that 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 I order, which are also from one of these tenant screening companies, they look like treasure maps. I mean, you can't you can't. There's it's it it, it twenty four zeros, ones and twos in a yeah. row with no explanation as to what that means. But usually, the whoever is providing you with a report, if you look on their website, they also have a how to translate page. Ah, the secret decoder ring. And if you'd gotten that out of the Wheaties box, you would have been okay. But, Tom, you must have lost yours. <laughs> so we'll have to see if we can get your replacement. All right. Uh, quickly, we have a caller on line one, Robert, calling from Detroit. Robert, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Uh, thank you very much. I, ha- I have a question. And <laughs> that question is, um, I um, uh, lost my home through foreclosure in uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, having lost my job in 2007, um, right. what would you suggest for the next year or so as far as I should concentrate on uh, on what I should do about my credit? Excellent question. That's a great question. Thank you, Robert. That's an excellent question that I'm going to speak again to you as an individual because you've exposed yourself to the world, and, and, and then and, also and, on a general tape. And, Lucy, just for your information, we've got about two minutes left, so I know you want to two be Two minutes. Okay, so here's really quick information. <laughs> Um, make sure that you are on Dina's list so that um, you can get the article that I wrote. And the other thing that I'd recommend is it's the same basics. Take negatives off, add positives on, protect your identity from there on out. So you'll have some very good information in the article, basic information, how to challenge things with the credit bureau. 
the, the biggest thing that you're going to have a problem with is reestablishing credit. And so you're going to need to do secured loans, CDs at the bank, secured credit cards. The further you get away from that foreclosure, the better off you're going to be and the higher your credit score will go. But only if you take the proactive steps of adding positive information onto your credit report. If you have a friend or relative who can add you as an authorized user, get a couple of those added, and just make sure that they are paying those things on time and that they are not using a large percentage of their credit line. So if they've got a $10,000 line and they're using $9,000, you probably don't want to be on the card. But the reverse would also be true. You would want to be on the card if they're using 10% of a $10,000 line. That's the best fast minute and a half I can give you. (laughs) And I really appreciate your call, Robert, and congratulations for thinking about this because it does make a difference. So one more quick question in the last 30 seconds here, Lucy. This is from Steve in Cambridge, Minnesota. I've heard in the past that a bankruptcy or foreclosure drops your credit so low it eliminates you from buying uh, to qualified qualifying to buy a home for five to seven years. Is this still the case? I've heard some people claim it's somehow possible to buy another house after only two to three years. Is it doable to buy conventionally this soon after a major credit hit? Yes, it is. I'm going to give you the quick answer to that. FHA loans allow someone who is discharged from a Chapter 7 bankruptcy to get a loan after 24 months past the discharge date, provided that person has had good credit since and can provide a great letter of explanation that says, I lost my job, therefore I lost my house. I was in a horrible car accident. Here's the medical bills, and therefore I lost my house. So, or whatever the situation was that threw you into bankruptcy. So, yes, it is possible after 24 months to get an FHA loan. If you are within a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, you have been faithfully paying, you can demonstrate to the lender that you have overcome your financial difficulties in the past, they'll actually let you have a mortgage after only 12 months. Now, if you're going for a new mortgage having lost a home before, FHA is going to look for a minimum of 36 months after the date of the sheriff's sale. That's very important because if you gave up a house during bankruptcy but did not give a deed in lieu back to the lender, they still have to do the lawsuit after the bankruptcy to pull the deed back into the lender's um, responsibility, and therefore, your sheriff's sale date could be a year after your bankruptcy. So be very careful of that. Um, and last but not least, FHA loans. You can get another FHA loan if you've gone bad on one in the past, but it usually requires that you pay FHA what they lost you, what they lost on you, i sorry. Very there good. Go. I appreciate it. Lucy, we are clean out of time, but again, <laughs> I want to send people to askvina.com to get our free weekly e-letter, including the one that we sent out today with Lucy. Just request that when you uh, go to askvina.com. And uh, we'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. to you from the Cromer Mashburn Family Studios. This is WMKV 89.3 FM, Reading, Ohio. Alerts on the hour-by-hour forecast from the Weather Authority. This is Local 12 News. Affirmative. You can go ahead and cancel our sirens. Apparently, every one of them are inoperable. There's nothing. Officials in one local community want to know why their warning sirens are going on.